Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, I've got something special for you. Real special. Um, a long, long time ago, myself and uh, Sam Muscroft talked at length about our love of the Dead Space franchise. Um, that went on and on and on for a long, long, long time. And the realisation that basically... It's uh, it's podcast in itself. It was uh, it was the start of a, a brand new gaming podcast, and uh, this was the the first episode that absolutely had to be done. Um, Dead Space is just uh, an absolute absolute phenomena. So uh, we we jumped right in, got stuck into it, and uh, this is the result. So, if you're watching us, click subscribe. If you're listening to us, click subscribe. But for now, I'll just say, let's get going with CookieCast, gaming podcast special, Dead Space. Right then, so, looks like things are recording, looks can be deceiving, but we'll find out as we go on. It's the same recording on the, uh, on the doodah. Well, there we go, the doodah says recording. So, for, uh, for YouTube watchers out there, you're like, I kind of recognise that guy, but I know it's not Paul Williams. I, so. I turn it once a year, if, if you look, I say if you're lucky, if you're unlucky. Yeah, you can set your what, you know, like. Oh, it's that time of year again. And usually you'd be right. Usually you'd be like, oh, we're going to find out how amazing 2020's games were. And in fairness, we did consider doing a 2020 game of the sort of rundown of the year. But much like the rest of 2020, we decided it was so shit that uh, maybe we wouldn't bother. Yeah, what you what you end up with is where a train crashes into a plane. Uh, when you talk about the majority of twenty twenty, the games market especially, uh, the games market is no better in twenty twenty one. So uh, no. Um, at this point in time, let, let's put it out on Front Street. Absolutely a games podcast, but probably one with a little bit of a twist. So the background being is um, that for ages. Uh, me and Sam have been having, I don't know if a debate is the right word, but there's this whole, if you if you had to pick the top 10 games in your life, what would they be? Um, I I come from a different, I'm cut from a different cloth than, than Sam is in the, in the games world. My bread and butter is probably Sam's kryptonite, and, and to some degree, it probably works the other way as well. So our, our lists were probably going to end up being quite different. And probably very different. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't promise that I would be objective. And I, in fairness, your favourite games, I don't think you necessarily need to be objective with. Because um, some, like, some of the games in there would absolutely be from when I was, you know, a child. It's like, no, I can't judge Super Metroid objectively. I'm not going to even pretend to. Because yeah. like, I've played it a million times and I can't even begin to understand what someone playing it knew would experience it at that point 
Um, but I suppose the point is we both had a game that was actually on both of our lists. So this was the thing. So we were batting this backwards and forwards, and then it was, as as is pretty much everything in certainly my life, it's like, ooh, do you know something? I think we might have a podcast here. So originally it was like, let, let, let's do a, a top 10 games podcast and try and hash out what those top what those top 10 games would be on, on both lists to give, to give sort of two perspectives however that sort of fell by the wayside and it ended up turning into more of a let's do a games podcast and then try and you know hit a few bases like like we said we might still talk about the games of 2020 and how amazing they were I think a lot of it also comes down to because 2020 was so underwhelming and because we've all been stuck indoors for nearly a year now, I feel like a lot of us have kind of gone back to the backlog um, and started playing some some of the older stuff we've got. Um, and that's certainly what was sort of where this came from. It's like, God, what am I going to play? It's like, we've played, played Doom Eternal and did anything else come out in 2020? Get Animal Crossing at the same time, which I just don't care about. Doom Eternal, a game that made $450 million without microtransactions that they are currently slinging around. I think, you remember, it came out basically bang on when we went into lockdown. Um, I think, honestly, there's probably a... uh, I think I could easily talk about Doom and Doom Eternal as well on perhaps even a separate podcast. Yeah, me too. Because I think they've got us a lot to talk about there. Um. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about a game that came out in 2008, million years ago. Absolutely. So basically, there are there are games that me and Sam firmly agree on, and there are games that me and Sam would never cross paths on. I imagine There's, um, Sam lives uh, a lot in a in an indie world. I live a lot in a triple A kind of world. I'm a I'm a big fan of the open world, and and Sam Sam's not. But no, I'm not. Our paths do cross on various things. There is often a conversation that that goes a lot like this. It goes, "Oh, uh, do you remember this game? Do you remember that game? Oh, do you remember the game Dead Space?" And both of us, at some point, will either be like, "Do you know something? I'm going to go home and play Dead Space now." You know, twelve. 13 years later or as as has been the thing recently more recently it's been do you know what i'm actually playing right now or that sort of thing so as um as dead space as a franchise uh for anybody that doesn't know i don't know why you're listening to this or watching this if you don't know well, so, i mean I, I can imagine there are two, two types of people who would be listening to this either people who have played dead space and are like oh man dead space was the fucking bomb absolute banger or uh, people were like what's dead space what's maybe dead i should space? play dead space yeah. you should totally go and play dead space oh by god. the way oh my god um so it's it's More a franchise of, a little bit of something it's a franchise of of, of three games um, very much like that scene in—is it the third Sam Raimi Spider-Man where he's dancing down the uh, dancing down the street? We don't talk about Dead Space Three, unfortunately. Though we will have to talk about Dead Space Three. Um, De- I, I think you found like Dead Space Three and Spider-Man Three. I don't think you could find probably a more apt comparison, to be honest. So. What we ended up with was a firm decision to to spark the the new generation of gaming podcast with a game that is 
dear to both of our hearts so that we could start on an equal footing before we get into the mudslinging that is Sam telling me I can't have Red Faction Gorilla on my top 10 list. Oh, let's not go into Red Faction Gorilla. I mean, Red Faction Gorilla is certainly a game that I own, I think. My comeback to that would be... I believe be, it came out the same year as Dead Space, actually. So My, my comeback is, to that would be, which which copy would you like me to show you right now? The, uh, I, the original? I, think I own, or the, I or own the, the remastered version. I, own the I think I may, have, as well. I may have got it for free. Um, but yeah, Dead Space came out in 2008, and that seems like a very long time ago, and obviously it kind of is, because it was kind of at the start of the 360 generation. Three years into the 360, maybe a couple of years into the PS3, but it still feels like quite an early game from that um, that sort of time. So uh, visually, um, this, this kind of loosely relates to st- stuff that's going on going on in my house right now. Uh, for a visual representation, I offer you this. There you go. Wow, is, you paid forty English pounds for it back in the day. Forty English pound copy Xbox 360 dead space and of and course this is kind of an odd thing um that you've got the 360 version there because it's never been re-released um and we, everything else in its dog has been remastered and we will absolutely come to that especially when we live in a world where they're probably very close to releasing the mass effect shit show sure and while since you brought up red faction gorilla like a universe where they remastered Red Faction Guerrilla, but didn't remaster Dead Space, is a travesty of a universe. There you go. For a visual effect, all three of them. I brought all I like three. It. Let's just take this one you. and fling it across the room right now. But I did bring. But it's uh, got it's got Connect support. Oh no! What more could you want out of a game? Connect I brought the second one, which is an absolute corker, and a, a and a super classic is uh, is this. So. Um, I, I will always defer to my learned colleague here to talk, uh, you know, the technical side of things, the history side of things and all that. However, I wanted to be super prepared for this. So I'm going to pepper this podcast, video podcast, whichever the way you get in your podcast these days, with some, I want to say interesting facts. Some of them are, you're at, if you've ever heard of the game Dead Space, you'll know them. Others are like, hmm. And on the list I've got, I'm not going to read them all because some of them are like, that's a fact. What I will say at the top of this as well, like Sam was saying, there's two two categories of people here. The people who are like, my God, you've picked an absolute banger of a game to start the day with. And the other group of people who are Dead Space. I've heard of that. Should I give it a go? Let's find out. Unfortunately for those people... There might be a little bit of spoiler territory. There's a couple of uh, a couple of interesting. Yeah, facts. it's not super spoilery, just because I'm not sure the the plot of Dead Space is necessarily the um, the reason why you're here. I think the main thing problem with the original is that uh, well, all Dead Space games is that there's no good way to play the original game. I don't think these days you've got the Xbox 360 version, which is stuck at 720p at 30 frames a second. I imagine you can play it by backwards compatibility. I don't know, but I assume it works on the Xbox One. I'll tell you this much, I'm, I'm going to be finding out shortly. I'm pretty certain that it does. And the PC port definitely requires some uh, hammering to get it working. The, first, the original, the second one works just fine. 
So, to start us off, start the ball rolling to get us uh, get us really in the in the groove in the gear of this. Why don't you give us a little background on the absolute masterpiece that is Dead Space? Sure. I mean, like I said, it came out in two thousand and eight. Um, and published by EA of all people and that's kind of the really odd thing about Dead Space it's I was going to say it's a survival horror game um, and I'm not sure I want to get too much into this discussion because I don't think Dead Space does fall into the category of survival horror um, I would consider it to be an action horror game um, the reason being that you know when, when I talk about survival horror I would say it has to have certain aspects to it Um you have to have like inventory management. You have to have scarcity of supplies. It obviously has to be scary. Um, but there also has to be, I think this is the key thing, there has to be a way of dealing with enemies that isn't killing them. You need to be able to find a way around them, incapacitate them. Whereas Dead Space, you're, if enemies appear, you're killing them. And this is fine because Dead Space is, Dead Space makes killing things incredibly fun. So it's kind of an action horror game at a time when action horror games probably weren't really all that popular. Nope. I'm thinking of about the time. I mean, in, in terms of like the game it plays most like, the, the obvious one is Resident Evil 4. Yep. This is very, very clearly based heavily on Resident Evil 4. There was a... There's, I know there's some um, discussion around sort of... At one point, it was supposed to be potentially System Shock 3. Um I'm not sure how much truth there is to that. There's always been, it's always been a little bit kind of um, out there in terms. Of, I don't think it ever got beyond pre-production stage. If it was going to ever be System Shock Three, and I know that like there were all sorts of rights issues mm -hmm. on Dead Space, uh, sorry, on, uh, on System Shock. So I get the feeling that they were considering um, doing a System Shock Three, and then Resident Evil Four landed. I should point out that I had not played Resident Evil 4 until about a month ago. And I feel like this is kind of like saying to like someone about our age, Andy, oh, I've never seen Ghostbusters. It's like, I, I'm not sure how that even happened. And this is the thing. This is, this is why I say that there's often situations where myself and Sam are in different camps because I played Resident Evil 4 day one. I've played it on... I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably three different systems originally. It's been released on everything. I played it on the Wii. The Wii version is one of the best versions because it's got the um, the Wii mode aiming. Yeah, I, I believe it's a terrible mobile phone conversion and everything. Yep. And I can say this much: I have played it in the last month because I bought it recently for six whole pounds in an Xbox sale. And it's Probably something you've noticed, Andy, is when you go back to Resident Evil 4, is how clunky it controls. So this was a thing, you know, I, I always say to people, the thing about, like, retro gaming is you, you completely forget You forget stuff aspect. like that. And I started playing it and was like, did, did this game really play like this? Because, whew. It's really stiff. Yeah. You, do, you do get used to it. And I did. Mm. I, I'm not going to. I'm going to say that I thoroughly enjoyed Resident Evil 4. It's still a really, really, really fun game. Mm. But going back to Dead Space, it's notable how much better it controls. Just going by like three years after, because it's basically the same thing. You've got your over-the-shoulder um, aiming. Um, it's all third-person. Uh, you're still a little bit stiff, but I think that's by design, because 
the main thing, obviously, you can move and shoot in Dead Space. Yeah. Um, and Dead Space is big, big sort of selling point compared to Resident Evil Four, indeed other games really, is this idea of its. Uh, I believe the exact term was the strategic dismemberment system. Yeah. In fact, um, uh, it even says it's even a selling point on the box. A selling point on the back. Strategically dismember the necromorph enemies limb by bloody limb. Yeah. Um, and when you think, oh, well, because uh, obviously in most games, even in Resident Evil 4, you shot people in the head most of the yeah. time. Yeah. And, um, and, and this, is, this was always, for me, a very clear distinction with Dead Space. Dead Space was like, oh, here's a monster. Uh, what do you do with monsters? Oh, you shoot them in the head. Nope, not in this game. Try shooting one in the head. You shoot it in the head and the head falls off. And then you're and like... it pisses it off. The thing is, if you uh, actually shoot, if you, if you shoot a... If you shoot an enemy's head off, it usually goes berserk. You've just made your life harder. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the idea of... Um, I mean, let's, 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 let's be quite clear. Dead Space has got four big influences. The first one, from a gameplay point of view, is clearly Resident Evil 4. We want to be Resident Evil 4 on a spaceship. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty fine concept but there's also they saw three films and they want and they thought those films were the raddest shit and they wanted and they wanted to have all of these films and those three films are the thing mm -hmm. aliens and probably most in particular event horizon Indeed. like to say it to say it takes a lot from event horizon would be selling it a little bit short i will say that like it's got these big four influences and it absolutely wears it on its sleeve and I can remember that um, reviews at the time kind of painted it as being... Because um, reviews, weirdly, reviews, I wouldn't say they were bad. But they weren't um, they weren't <coughs> gushing as people weirdly are now. Uh, I feel like it was kind of a modern classic in the making. But I feel like the response at the time was kind of muted. A lot of people described it as being quite uh, derivative. Because, oh, it's just aliens. It's just like the thing. It's just like Event Horizon. Forgetting that those things are awesome. And we haven't seen them in a video <laughs> and, game. And that's the thing. Because it was said, at the time when the reviews were out, those things were said like they were a bad thing. And and to, to my ears, I'm like, hang on a minute, you just listed some awesome movies. And what you're telling me is, I can now go and play that experience. Sign me up right now. For, for, for me, one of the biggest things about dead space i i have i have like various different like issues with like horror like the horror genre um i don't like i don't like jump scares because i'm easily jump scary oh man dead space is jumps because jump scare the game but that's the thing so i was told it's a horror game immediately i was like eh. it, it's like this it's full of jump scares it's this that and the other it's going to be this it's going to be but something drew me to it i was like i i, I kind of didn't care and i i i don't you know i i'm very up and down with horror i'll sit and watch a horror movie and be like eh, okay i think a horror movie and a horror game are very different because of the uh, because in a horror movie yeah exactly it's much more immersive and in a horror game you're you are very much in control of that character's fate whereas in a movie obviously you can watch you know that character get you know slashed up by whoever, but you had never had any control over the over it. No, so I, I, I don't find horror movies scary. I can kind of somewhat get immersed in the tension, but I find games much more tense. And Dead Space is tense, mm. like because you are 
the setting of uh, Dead Space is the Ishimura, which is... I, what was the spaceship from the um, Event Horizon called? Was it called the Event Horizon? Isn't the ship called the Event Horizon? It might well be, but the, um, the Ishimura... Shall, shall we find out? I think it was, you know. I think it was called the Event Horizon. Let's find out using the magic of the internet. So, while you look that up, I'm going to drop my first my first fact. And when I say my first fact... Your first fact bomb. Absolutely stolen from somebody else off the internet, let's face it. Let, let, let's, be, let's be real. I, I almost feel like I should probably quote, uh, quote who it is. Um, so, I, I have been very much aware throughout time throughout history throughout you know the 13 years since this game came out that there are a lot of facts and interesting details about it and they get collected there's one huge one which i'll save till the end because uh, like i said there is a bit of a there is a bit of spoiler that goes with the um that goes with it um so um the the main character that goes all the way through all three games is called isaac clark and Isaac Clarke's name is a amalgamation of two other people. So we've got... Um, yeah, two authors. Two authors. So we've got um, Isaac Asimov. That yep. Are, yep. And we've got Arthur C. Clarke. And you take those two... Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a fairly, it's a fairly obvious kind of merge. But it's a, it's a nice little uh, touch. By the way, the ship was called the Event Horizon. Yeah. The point is, the, event, the, the Ishimura is the Event Horizon. Like, the, it's the same thing. The whole story of Dead Space, it, it, again, it's really proper on the back of a napkin job. Um, you're in it, you play an engineer called Isaac Clarke, and... You go to and you get a distress call from the Ishimura. Your girlfriend is stationed on the Ishimura. Ishimura goes completely dark, and you go to the Ishimura to see what went wrong. Spoilers: it's full of spooky monsters. The Dead Space is as subtle as a brick. I want to make it like clear: if you're wanting like subtle psychological horror, if you if you want this to be Silent Hill, it is not Silent Hill. It is absolutely as subtle as a brick. And that's fine, because it, the reason I think it's fine, again, I think this was kind of criticised at the time, is that it never claims to be this. It is absolutely a balls-to-the-wall horror shooter with monsters jumping out of vents. And this makes it sound trite, but it isn't, because the atmosphere is so well-crafted in yeah. that game. Yeah. Um, the thing that the original Dead Space does, and its sequels don't do quite so well, is it knows when to be quiet. And those bits where it's quiet are the scariest parts. Once a once combat begins in Dead Space and the monsters start pouring out, or one drops from a ceiling, or that there's loads of them that play dead. There's all kind. It, it does all the tricks in the book. But the point is, once combat starts, the tension in some ways is alleviated. It's panicky once combat starts because Isaac, as an engineer, is very clearly designed to not be that mobile. He's designed to be clunky. Like, he's merely attacking Dead Space 1. He's basically him swinging wildly. You might knock a monster back to give yourself some breathing room, but you are not Leon S. Kennedy. You are not going to be roundhouse kicking guys down and stabbing them up with your knife. Um, I think that's to bring on to the... Another thing I think Dead Space does incredibly well is its weapon selection mm. and how they're not pistol, assault rifle, 
shotgun. Yeah, the, because the, 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 first, whole... the first weapon is is a tool. Yeah, it's, it's a glorified stapler. Yeah. The the plasma cutter, and I think that's what makes it work so well, is it's just so... You are an engineer, and it wants you to feel like an engineer and not a soldier all the way through. All your weapons are jerry-rigged. Because the Ishimura is a mining vessel, it also makes sense all of these things would be on the Ishimura. Like, you've got your plasma cutter, which is clearly designed as something, but well, as designed, it's designed to cut things, and it's obviously basically overcharged it, so it can be used as a, so it can be used as a weapon. You've got things like the Ripper, which is a circular saw, which is also something you might use. You've got the Force Gun, which is, this game's shotgun analogue, uh, but it's more designed as a pushback tool. It's obviously designed for clearing rubble or clearing uh, debris. Um... You've got the line gun, which has a mine setting for obviously clearing debris as well, and for uh, for cutting. There's a lot of cutting in this game because of its strategic dismemberment. It's weird that there is also a pulse rifle. There is an assault rifle, but it's not very good. It's pretty good once fully upgraded, but when yeah. you got it and you get it, it's notably shit at cutting off enemies' legs because, like, if you pour bullets into an enemy's torso in dead space, you'll get basically absolutely nowhere you have to blow off its legs um then blow off its arms or assuming it has arms because let's say this is very much um influenced by the thing yeah so if you like gribbly monsters from the thing dead space rips them all off yeah yeah so they were like oh we need to make a game and and it's like have you got any ideas it's like i don't know but i just watched the thing and i thought it was great let me let me jot some stuff down Oh yeah, it, it, it steals it all from the playbook. But it's, I think this is the... It's not just this game, but games in general. There's this idea that if you're not original, then it sucks. And sometimes you don't have to do something new. You just have to do something old really, really well. There's a good reason why cliches are cliches. And they're not necessarily cliches because they're bad. It's because they resonate with people. Like, you know, the... Um, like the redemption arc, like you know, the baddie who redeems himself, uh, you know, at the end, the Darth Vader, or whatever. That's a massive cliche, but most people are impacted by it because it's a classic sort of human tale, um, and that's why cliches work. And Dead Space is full of cliches. Everything, uh, you know, it's it's not a the story will not surprise you, but it's told very well, and. Games in general don't necessarily do stories very well, but what they do do is immersive sort of environmental storytelling very well. And that's what I really like about the Ishimura. The Ishimura feels like a lived-in place. Mm. And that's what I like about it. The Ishimura was clearly a never very nice place to live, even at the height of it, even when it wasn't full of gribbly monsters. It was clearly very Spartan and industrial. But it just, yeah, it feels so... I think that it does it better than its sequel. The Ishimura feels almost like a character in itself. One of the uh, one of the packs that we'll come to uh, a little bit later is the secret bad guy in Dead Space, who's not a secret at all. They're absolutely a bad guy, but if you think about like who are the main characters and who are the you know who who is instrumental in the game Dead Space take you a while to come up with this particular well, that's, the, that's another thing about dead space is that it's it's actually got a very small character roster mm. because okay coming back to the development of dead space this was made by ea not what we describe as a company known for taking risks and certainly not a company that i would um describe as giving its its developers a whole lot of free reign either and dead space was basically a 
what can only really be described as a passion project. And it was a completely new IP in a genre that is mostly quite underserved, where the developers were given basically carte blanche to do what they liked. And they did, and they didn't have a massive budget, but they clearly had a lot of passion and a lot of expertise to kind of get the game where it was. And another, again, it's so weird to think of EA doing this at all, but like when it came out, like it's not like they slipped Dead Space into um, and just like threw it out with no marketing. It had a really big marketing push at the time. Oh, yeah. They, um, they I can remember it, action figures, they had an animated film. Yeah, they had it on the uh, side it's like a comic of book. Buses. Like, the number of times I saw a bus drive by with a dead space. Like, but I've got the comic book. Um, it's a weird hardback thing. It's like a prequel comic, and it's quite good. So, like, EA clearly had a lot of... Um, like they had a lot riding on it, and they clearly yeah. saw a lot of promise in it. And from what I gather, the first game, I believe it had a development budget of about $15 million. Um, You can usually double that for advertising for pretty much any game. So, thirty million is put in the realms of, you know, it wasn't. It's not like a, it's not like a Call of Duty or you know something like that, but it's not cheap either. And I believe it sold quite well. I think it sold about two million on um, on launch, which isn't massive numbers, but for a horror new horror franchise, it's honestly pretty good. Because it's weird to see EA, like, there was this year period, because the same year, Mirror's Edge came out, which was a new IP, free-running, first-person adventure game. Like, how did that get greenlit? And then, like, uh, maybe a couple of months later, the first Dragon Age came out, another, like, new IP, based on, like, I mean, fancy RPGs are perhaps a bit more sellable, but... They were obviously just feeling in a generous mood over those over those few months. Just, just as like one year period. Like... But yeah, that's what I mean. It's like because you can clearly see where the budget went, and it wasn't in massive lavish cutscenes, and it wasn't in you know hordes of voice actors. It has, I think, maybe four main characters in the in the in the game. If um... so, you've got Isaac, you've got his girlfriend. Yeah, and then there's the uh, the guy that you turn up with, and the woman you turn up with. Yeah, and then outside outside of that, they're probably there's a couple of there is a couple of other side characters who do do sort of turn up in a bit. And as and as I said, one of those almost side characters is actually when you unravel it probably the biggest character of them all because without that character the whole thing would never have would never have happened like the whole story of the game would have never happened without a character that you probably completely forget about i when i read when i read through the facts and stuff i was like wow that's a that's a that's a damn good point but i suppose the other thing is like considering how it was made on say on a relatively small budget with a I would say it was an inexperienced team because it was um, they were they were clearly knew what they were doing, but it's shocking how polished that game is. And even even twelve years later, the fact that Dead Space is twelve years old to me is madness. Because I played it like well, like maybe a couple of weeks ago. It was um, I just finished it and jumped straight into the sequel. 
but it holds up incredibly running it on like a modern pc with you know high resolution and all that kind of stuff high frame rates like the art design in that game is just incredible and the lighting and everything and yeah there's some dodgy textures in there because it was an early it was an early 360 game but it's shocking how well it holds up and i would say like it looks good it looks really good mm. So, um, something that I wanted to make sure that we got in about Dead Space, and I've just sort of done a quick search. Um, on YouTube, uh, very much like this podcast, uh, there is a thing called War Stories. And this is this one, I believe, is taken from Series 1, Episode 8. And the video is entitled, How Dead Space's Scariest Scene Almost Killed the Game. Uh, it's just short of being 20 minutes long and i believe that's part of a series of of a variety of things talking about the game that's dead space i think there was i think there was like a bit of a documentary done about it because as i'm sure we'll get on to it's got a fascinating development side. Oh, absolutely and let's face it there was there's there's gonna be some questions around how much black magic was used to create i think there must be a shocking amount of black magic because that i mean that that one story i know exactly which one you're talking about it's, it's the drag tentacle yeah um i believe it was glenn schofield who would have been the uh the director and producer of the game at the time um and how that that drag tentacle which you may remember sort of briefly it turns up maybe like what two or three times throughout the game yeah. for like a few seconds yep. and how that derailed the game for like getting that working properly derailed mm -hmm. the game for like i believe it was weeks maybe even months yeah yeah months i think it was but that sort of like derailment could only happen in a project that has quite a small number of people like and that weird tunnel vision that happens in a small project where there's no one saying forget the fucking drag tentacle we need to get this game shipped yeah. because like the way that it worked, like I believe, like the, it was two thousand six, where they um, this, they got all the pitch and stuff done, and they created what we uh, what is called a vertical slice. This is basically a they where they create like one level in the game. And it's like this is what the game is going to be, um, and it's the, the elevator pitch for that game. It's like here it is. Can we make the rest of it? And they had eleven months to build eleven more levels for that game. Like that's a shocking, like a shockingly fast turnaround for such I a polished game. Something and it is shockingly polished. Yeah, yeah. Something that's come up recently, and I know uh, I'm not going to mention certain games that have uh, that have had a very publicised um, development issues. Um, when people talk about, oh, we we were working six day weeks to get this game out the door, we were working seven day weeks, we were working like you know eighteen hour days, and this, that, and the other for certain games that have been released recently. Pretty sure the guys that were making Dead Space were doing that, like just 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 because. I'm, I I have no doubt that they were doing some shocking hours, but just listening to, it, I think I've told you about this before as well. Just like things that could only happen in a weird passion project. Where they, there's, this is a this is another talk that's well worth watching. It's actually a talk on the UI, which we'll come on to in a um, in a few minutes. Um, but they were talking about how they got because um, Dead Space has got a lot of like ambient. Its, it's sound design is incredible, mm. but it's got a lot of ambient stuff going on. It's a lot of whispers, uh, sort of talking to you, and you can make them out if you really listen. Um, but there's also like sublimable imagery in that game. 
and they actually got in a selection of animal carcasses to create <laughs> subliminal imagery to put on the title screen and in the menus mm-hmm. and it, it must be subliminal because i didn't notice them until someone put until that was pointed out to me and then you absolutely will see them but it's great because it's got the guy's name is actually his name here it's um dino ignacio it's a great name and apparently it was like he's just talking about it's like you know how hard it is to get an eyeball out of a cow skull? It's like, you think they could just be able to spoon that thing out, but you absolutely can't. You've got, it's like muscles and tendons and stuff holding that, that fucker in there. Oh, wow. But when it came to making the sequel, um, like EA were like, okay, Dead Space has done, done well and we want to fund a much bigger sequel. And one thing that can't happen this time round is animal carcasses. Like, we can't have animal carcasses in the office. Because, you know what they did tell? They didn't tell EA they were bringing animal carcasses and videoing them. It'll be fine. Do it out of the, do it out of the back. Nobody will know. Uh, right, let's have a look and see if we've got an interesting fact about Dead Space. Um, oh, I like this fact. I like this fact. Because this, to me, is, is just... Mm. Um, the game was banned... As a, mar- as a marketing ploy, uh, there was rumours that the game had been banned in Japan, China and Germany. These rumours were released by the people who made Dead Space because they, they were generated before the game had been released. I, I bet it was banned in China. Uh, they, I know you're not like, they've got, they're funny about the undead in China. Yeah. Um, whether it was whether it was or it wasn't, uh, the 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 marketing ploy was uh, to announce that the game had been banned before it had been released. In certain, it countries. wouldn't shock me if um, Dead Space was also heavily modified in Japan because they're also quite funny about dismemberment on um, in video games. Zero is their um, video games like rating board, and they're really weird about stuff like that. Mm. They tend to be weirder with Western games more than their own games, but uh, I can't imagine Dead Space was a massive seller in Japan. It's not really their, their bag, to be honest. No. Um, but yeah, I should mention the UI before as well, because I think this is one of the things that, like, it took them a long time, and it's just one of those things that Dead Space just seems to do so effortlessly well. Um, like, most, obviously, in most games, you've got ammo in one corner, health in another you've got your inventory but everything in dead space again in this in this um video by with um dino he talks about it and he describes it as what as a diegetic ui which is a word i've not heard before but essentially a diegetic ui is one that exists both for the player and in universe so like as an example isaac's health meter on his suit is like lights down his spine on his um, on his suit. So actually, as you um, go down the health thing, you go from green to yellow to red, um, and this makes sense in universe because you're an engineer working on the side of a spaceship, and if you're in trouble health-wise, if you're no, you've um, you know you've run out of air or whatever, people might need to see visually whether or not you are in trouble yeah. because you won't be able to answer comms yeah. because you're in trouble. So it's this perfect idea, and again, the the way that uh, the inventory, 
like just pops up in front of you as a hologram and i honestly think that still looks fantastic to so, this day i love how you spin around it and it goes and you can actually see it like reversed there are there are certain things in that game that i i, I mentioned this to you the other day and and part of me is like eh, i don't know if that if that's a really bold and untrue statement or not but there are certain things in dead space that i'd never seen before and i can i can say at this point in time, I don't think I've ever seen since. I don't think I've ever seen it done as completely as Dead Space, ever. So the, the, the two things, one is, like you've just said, the inventory, bit where you could basically bring it up on the screen and then you could spin the camera and look behind the hologram. But enemies could attack you while you're in, while you're yeah. in your inventory because it, it was it was popped up. You, you were literally... I love how Isaac's head kind of moves towards what you're looking at as well. It's just great little details. Yeah. And the other thing is the communication. So when some when somebody's like essentially calling you it's a video call and it's projected like like a, a, a projected video screen and again you can spin it around and see the video from the reverse you can see it from underneath if you really wanted to you can see it from and it's just how the how that sort of was made how that came about that must that's where we start thinking that the there was definitely some that was definitely black magic yeah. because again in that in that talk he goes into it and they, they used a particle system to build that because normally like in a ui you use a scale form or something to kind of create a like middleware basically to have someone basically do it for them but they basically jerry-rigged this bizarre particle system to make their inventory um thing and it's just madness but like everything everything is on the characters like your gun your ammo it's like when you when you have a look at your ammo it'll just tell you on the gun just says it um you got your stasis meter uh which is one of my less I don't, I don't necessarily like the stasis in the game. I think that's a... That's basically a... Your, um, it's, it's localised slowdown. Because, I mean, slowdown mechanics were very popular at the time. You like your fear and uh, max pain and all those. Whereas in Dead Space, you kind of slow things down in an area. Um, I did feel perhaps like it was... That's one of the one thing I feel was perhaps chasing trends a little bit at the time. I always felt that if if you went back like we were saying like there's there's still at this point in time never been a remake of this game or whatever or a reboot or whatever they want to call them these days i think even if you, a remaster would be fine yeah re i would snatch if anybody's listening that has any any sway in this i would snatch your hand off it, for, for the opportunity of a remaster playing this game i'd love to see a remaster you know with like because obviously like there's all compressed textures and all that kind of stuff it'd be nice to have like you know where they did like with like dark siders and stuff like that where they got the obviously uncompressed assets that they had from the game and just that's all the game needs honestly it's lighting still looks absolutely wonderful yeah. um and art direction doesn't age because like that, and that's why it looks so good because it's lit so absolutely per every scene is lit perfectly um i do feel like the issue the ishimura does perhaps get a little bit samey because it's one big mining ship uh, but there are definitely some locations i think in that game that really stand out uh the medical bay is really good that's mm -hmm. an early one um there's the um arbitorium with all the um all the plant life i think that really stands out mm -hmm. as well and where's where you fight the the boss in the washing machine yeah. Boss in the tumble dryer. Yeah. It's just a boss in the tumble dryer. And then later on, there's everyone's favourite section, the asteroids. Um, it's funny, whenever people talk about Dead Space and they're wanking it off like we are, and then you come on to the asteroid section, and the asteroid section is unbelievably shit. So... All I ever, all I ever think about when I talk, when I think or, or anything about that section of the game is sitting 
with the screen about four inches away from my face trying to complete that section of the game because the only way I could ever find to do it is to try and see the asteroids when they were tiny dots on the screen to try and shoot them soon enough so that the whole thing was because I sort of cheated in my uh, latest playthrough. I just used the mouse. <laughs> I just used the mouse and keyboard. I mean, obviously, you can play it with mouse and keyboard if you want anyway. But it was clearly not... I feel like the game clearly wasn't designed for a mouse and keyboard. It was obviously designed around a controller. Mm. Um, so I would use that. But for that asteroid section, it's like, let's just, use the, let's just use the mouse for that one and get us out of this. It's still rubbish. It's still a shit turret section in a game that is otherwise so confident in doing its own thing. <laughs> But this was the thing, going back to the stasis, I feel if you took that and every aspect of that out of the game, the game wouldn't lose anything. And that's... No, I don't me, think it would either. For me, that says it all. Because what that means is, it doesn't add anything. And I just... I just it was always the thing that just... It, it was just an ever so slight annoyance. It's like, ah, oh, I need to go and get some stasis I think it also made it combat less panicky, and I think like the panickiness of the combat is a feature, not a bug. You're you're clearly meant to feel panicked by it, and Stasis was obviously designed to give you a breather and to sort of a get out of jail free card. But I just don't think it should have been there. It was I think you should, if you've got yourself into a bad position, you should just have to deal with it. There was a thing early on where there was a door. I remember this door that just kept going. It does use it on puzzles, but they're a bit. And it's like, oh, I've got to freeze the door while it's open. Cool, I'll do that then. And it it was stuff like that. It's like, if you took that out and just left the door open, I wouldn't miss it in any way, shape or form. So Yeah, I mean, it does does use it in some of the puzzles. I don't feel like the puzzles are the best um, aspects of Dead Space. They're not horrible. They work perfectly fine. They're as good as like a Resident Evil puzzle or something like that. They're perfectly fine environmental stuff. And for what I can... And in fairness, they're mostly used as pace breakers which is a completely legitimate way of using them. Because um, you can't just have like constant hardcore combat, because it'll just exhaust you, um, and it stops being scary. So having those kind of nice little pace breakers, it also makes you feel like an engineer as well, which um, anything that kind of reinforces this idea that you're not a soldier, you're a guy that comes and fixes the plumbing. Yeah. You're a guy fixing the plumbing with an oversized staple gun. Yeah. And I feel like it, that... Um, Though all those bits kind of do it well, but yeah, the stasis puzzles and the kinesis as well is the other one. You know, like the, the well, it's basically the gravity gun from Half Life, isn't it? Where you can kind of pick stuff up. A bit more done with it in the sequel, but in general, it feels like it was kind of oh, we've got this thing. I guess we can put it in. Yeah, there was there was a lot of, uh, and if you compare that to the um, the anti gravity sections, where the anti gravity sections were just like. Mm. They were just they were just beautiful. They're really cool. Beautiful section. There was a lot of things around like air. Like there was I remember there being a section where it was it was specifically designed where you could just make it. So you like the whole like the last sort of fifteen, twenty yards of that journey, you were running out of oxygen and if you didn't get yeah. through that door, you were gonna die. Speaking of death Another interesting fact for, about Dead Space yeah. There's about 5 million death animations. In Dead Space, there were over 50 unique ways to die. Somewhat. I I believe we we brought this up in the Tomb Raider um, thing, where it's like, 
someone in someone in the Tomb Raider franchise really likes seeing Lara die in lots of weird ways. And do you know what? Do you know what that, they then do? And that got a bit skeevy, where it's like Isaac dying. Someone had a lot of fun animating Isaac dying in a lot of ways. Yeah, the difference being is that if if Isaac died in Dead Space, that was absolutely your fault, and you should have done better at playing the game. Whereas in Tomb Raider, if Lara died, it was probably the game's fault. My favourite death in Dead Space is um, there's an enemy that's basically a amalgamation of other smaller enemies, uh, and it kind of flops around like a man. You can basically blow bits off and they'll run off on their own, bury the thing again. But if you get attacked by one of these little sort of gribbly head things while you're on low health, it'll strangle you, tear off your head, throw it away, put all its tentacles in your body and become your new head. And you sort of shamble around with your new zombie head. It's really, really horrible. One of the ones that always got me was the, the, the little guys, the little flippy floppy things that go across the floor. Oh, the weird ha- yeah, the flippy floppy hand things. And they seem to like attack your, like your oxygen rather than going for your health. They seem to attack your oxygen. Like, rather they're mostly just there to annoy you, I think. They're, they're just an annoyance. One of the things that the, the, the plasma rifle actually did well was getting rid of those little fuckers. Or the flamethrower, the, the, the only mm. genuinely shit gun in the game. Mm. There is... Yeah, the, the, I still, I it's, still the, it's the zombie principle. I believe we've mentioned this before. Where it's like, <laughs> do, you know, good, do, do you know what fire is not good for? Zombies or the the enemies in dead space? Because then you've because got it's an like enemy you had who's on fire. Yeah, it's like you had a guy rushing at you. Now I've got a guy rushing at you. Who's on fire? Good yeah. job, asshole. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's make uh, the situation. It just didn't worse. do enough damage to ever be worth it. My personal favorite weapon in uh, dead space, and I'm sure you've got yours, is the Ripper. I fucking love the Ripper. That's the uh, the circular saw that kind of spins out like a, a few uh, yards in front, in front of you. Of yeah, yeah, yeah and you can just, just it's great fun. Uh, because you know the the true definition of recycling, isn't it? Reusing. Uh, but I love that. You know, you use the same ripper blade for like ten minutes, and after a while, it's like I suppose I should shoot it. At some it's way. really quite good on because like, I played it through on hard um, recently. Um, and because ammo is quite a lot more scarce on hard mode, like the rip is really useful because it's so ammo efficient. Mm. Um, I do think that the dead space is perhaps a bit too easy on normal, and this isn't just like a weird flex or anything. I do think it's too hard, and you end up with too too easy, and you end up with too many resources um, on normal. I feel like hard is the correct difficulty for the first one if you want something a bit more tense, where you actually have to really manage your supplies. And um, obviously, if you may, you play on easy so that you can, you know actually get through it because you're uh, you're terrible at playing games something that i feel the second dead space is quite a lot harder something i feel that we we need to get in there early because i'd hate for for some reason to not cover this because um i think we've we've touched it uh, touched on it and touched on it and touched on it but not actually mentioned it something that stands out as being just so subtle but so well done so beautiful so just just the thought process that goes into it, every aspect of it makes sense. Isaac's suit. It's, Isaac's suit is a fucking design marvel. It's amazing looking. So the the whole principle of the first, I love how it looks. The first game especially is the is the it's the Judge Dread principle. You never see Isaac's face through the entire game. Spoilers. You you, you, do, you do see it right at the right at the end until right at the end. And yeah. it purposely it does it so well because to start with, he doesn't have his helmet on. You don't see his face though, 
And then when you start to get up to start playing the game, the helmet kicks in and it's very, the helmet aspect is very Iron Man. So it like, it goes up the back and then it brings in a panel and it locks into place and it's got the beam across it and it just looks beautiful. Is that real, um, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, I'm sure there's a term for it, like a crap sack future, where this is like a shit future where everything is broken. It's, it's, it's kind of steampunkish. There was actually a fact that I went past that was saying that um, that it's heavily um, like gothic architecture is heavily influenced in the game. Um, I, I think in general, its art direction is great, but like Isaac's suit, all of them look just just great. Because that's the other thing. There are there are a variety of suits, and it's like it's the aspect of oh, I've got this new suit. It's better than what I'm wearing currently, so I have to. I can't put it on. I have to go to the shop machine, which, like, collapses in on itself to reveal a go and stand here and get, like, locked into it. Then a door shuts and there's just all this light and steam and then you emerge in a new suit with a new helmet design. And, 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 you know, oh, yeah, it's always a moment when you get a new suit. Oh, a little, um, little bit of a half chub on that one. But the thing, um, about, the thing about the suit is that essentially what it... What it if you boil it down, it's a futuristic guy who probably does a lot of welding. It's essentially a full body yeah. welder's suit that that has to work in space. Yeah, it's you know, it it's completely it looks completely functional. It's yeah. absolutely all of Dead Space's design work is form is sort of this idea of you know function over form. This this is designed like this because this was the most cheapest, efficient way to make it. And that look sort of permeates all the way through it. Because the Ishimura, I'd say, it was, it was never a nice place to live. There's a great bit uh, where you see um, the, you could to the clone, uh, vat grown bits where people like, you can just grow new limbs for people. Because it's quite clear in a mining operation, people get limbs lopped off all the time. But you're on a mining vessel in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. So we'll just grow you a new one. And that's a great little all. detail. It's like here's a clone. You lost. You lost an arm. We'll grow you a new one. Yeah. The company's done. Um, but obviously, the fun the first one as well is that Isaac is a silent protagonist, and I know this is somewhat divisive. And probably the biggest difference between the first and second one is that Isaac is very, very much an avatar for the player in the first one. Mm. Um, all, all you really hear of him is like because he's got his, his breathing which gets I love the way he gets more laboured as he's injured or especially when you're running out of air mm-hmm. um, and you can hear like his breath getting more ragged um, but like Isaac is very much a because uh, he doesn't really have a character in the first one at all he's purely a player avatar yeah. and I don't mind that at all I actually prefer it in some ways because the, it allows you to I think it just allows the atmosphere to really um, tell a story because that's where Dead Space is at its best. And ultimately, it's you, just... you, it allows you to put yourself into the role of the character. In a horror game, which is really good. Yeah. Um, in a horror game, it's... Uh, well, you can do it both ways because obviously, like, I mean, you've got, like, your Silent Hills, which are very sort of story-based and very character-driven. But Dead Space clearly isn't going for that. Dead Space is clearly going for action horror shooter. It is trying to scare you, though. And you say you probably weren't scared by it, but I found it on, on hard. But I found it very, I found it tense because the enemies can and will tear you to shreds very quickly on hard. Interestingly, that was the one one of the things that really stood out for me in those early days was 
the way people spoke about it being this horror game. It was a horror game, horror game, set in space. It's horror game, horror game. And me and my my opinion on horror at that time, I was like, oh, oh I don't know if I like the sound of that. And playing it and never really feeling scared. I felt tense. I learned. It's very... not scary because you can always defend yourself yeah. in dead space. You are always you are you are well armed and you are quite capable. The enemies are there's you know there's plenty of them and they can again they can kill you quite quickly, but you are always capable of defending yourself. You've got your stasis. You've got you've got all of these tools, which makes it quite difficult to be scared. Though I said I find it quite t- I find it very tense on hard just because I knew that any wrong move would probably end up with me dead. <coughs> And the, I think for me it was very much the the tension, like um, as far as a game, a, a game, a franchise, or, you know, whatever is concerned. I learned the move, uh, the, the 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 elevator move. Press button to call elevator. Aim gun at elevator. However, I believe it only ever does that to you once. But, don't uh... be surprised if it comes out the vent at the side because it also does that one as well. So the room, oh yeah, it's, the, like, it, the it, 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 it's it's favourite move obviously is to spawn an enemy in front of you and spawn one right behind you. Of course, like, it does that several times. The out of misdirection in that game is is just it's like look over here, look over here, monster, all all do, over I'd, the shop. I would say that in terms of its pacing as well, Dead Space is like absolutely meticulously paced. Um, because we're saying it's like it's, it's a very linear, very um, story-driven experience. It feels like it should be more like something like System Shock, where you're in a spaceship and you can kind of go wherever you want at any time. But it's not that. It's very linear. It's very um, you. You go where you have to. You fix whatever you have to because for, for that part of the story. Um, I do feel it loses its way in the last two chapters, where it feels like they were very clearly running out of time. Mm. Um, and I think that's where, as well, a lot of games suffer from this, is where you're fully tooled up. By about chapter 10 in um, Dead Space, out of 12, you've got two, probably two or three fully upgraded weapons. You're probably, you've got fully upgraded suits. Stasis is fully upgraded. You are armed to the teeth. And it does feel like, where do we go from here? And the answer is, it throws rooms full of enemies at you. And I feel like that was what Dead, Dead Space was at its best, I think, when you were still not quite as powerful as you felt like you should be at any point in the game, where you always felt like you were quite capable of being overwhelmed. So, since I, since I teased it earlier, have you worked out who the secret bad guy in Dead Space is? Um, is it Sutty? So, I, I will read this. Uh, I, should, I, should, I, I should probably should... Um, I should, I should credit these people at this point in time, but I'll read this. Uh, this says, When you think of Dead Space, the first name that comes to mind is certainly not Benjamin Matthias. I don't even recognise the name. Despite... I, I, when I think when I think of this, the, the villain of Dead Space, I think of... Well, okay, we, we, we have not spoiled anything else. I won't spoil this either. Yeah, I don't feel... See, that's the thing. I don't think that needs to be spoiled. And this isn't a spoiler... Because this puts it out on front street. Despite gamers' unfamiliarity with the uh, with the USG Ishimura's captain, the events of the game couldn't have transpired without him. So Is he the, the guy who stabs the captain in the eye or something? Yeah, so he's the, he's the secret bad guy of the game. 
He was the captain. This isn't really spoilers. This all happens before you turn up. Yeah. So he was the captain of the Ishimara. Who? So um, uh, before becoming the captain of the ill-fated Planet Cracker, Matthias was most likely a high-level unitologist, which we'll we'll get to in a bit. Um, as fleshed out in the in-game crew logs, he was put in charge of the USG Ishimara in order to find the marker. That twisted obelisk that changes people into murderous maniacs and subsequently necromorphs. But was ultimately corrupted by the marker's power, he became increasingly irrational, cutting off food to the settlement and on Aegis 7. This is all like covered in the um, in the comic. Yeah. This all sounds really familiar. And quarantining the settlement's population from returning to the ship. Even though his name might not be recognisable as Isaac or Nicole, there would be no dead space without the turncoat captain. So the secret bad guy in the, in the whole thing is the captain of the Ishimura. Yeah, you brought up unitology there, which is an interesting because it's oh, super subtle unitology. Super it's, subtle, uh, absolutely, totally a, not, absolutely a fact that comes later on. It's totes not Scientology, not even a little bit. It gets to the point, especially in the first and the second. The second one, I've, I, having played the second one recently, it's like, wow! It's Subtle like, as a brick. here's a hammer, here's your face. We're just going to keep hitting you with this hammer until you it, until you it, get in it. In general, I don't think the writing is super strong in Dead Space. It's fine, um, but like, it's, it's at its best when it's just doing what game, games do. Environmental storytelling best when it's letting letting the level tell you what's happened. It's like when I go into medical and I see a bunch of corpses strewn about. That tells me all the story I need. I don't need a log telling me what's happened. Believe me, I get it. I'm pretty sure it's the medical bit where it lets you go from the door all the way down the corridor, then take then take a right turn and go all the way to the end and go into a room before activating all of the bad guys that you've essentially walked that entire distance past. You go in, something happens, and then every bad guy in that area is like, I, uh... and essentially you have to come all the way back and fight everything on the way back. And it's like things like that were, that were done so well. Because it's like, yeah, you, you expect, because it's like dark and it's got the, the alien flashing, you know, the... the it's not a clack. It's like a light version of a klaxon, and it's like like the flashing light going round and round and round. Yeah, again, and and, lighting is great, and nothing attacks you. But once you've got to the end of that corridor and then triggered whatever, and it's like oh, all the enemies were there. Trust us. Head uh, space doesn't attack you just often enough that you think, did I miss something? No, nope. that just that time they didn't. But it's like all the whispers and stuff, because if you listen, like they've done like a full recorded dialogue of it. It's not even anything like the whispers will just be like talking about like, I believe one of them is a woman talking about her engineering um, degree. But it's all just stuff like that. It's random stuff that just kind of fades in and out. It's really, really disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you play, because if you play it as you should all horror games, which is in the dark with headphones, then... It's really effective. The, like the 3D sound in Dead Space, in my opinion, is unmatched even to this day. Like the sound designer, whoever did the sound design in that game, has absolutely nailed it. And this is and this is the thing. And I think uh, I think a reason that we're we're sitting here talking about it now, 
a game that's 13 years old is the fact that at, from from there to now there are still things in this in this game that have never been matched and never been recreated it's kind of left alone because i think ultimately if you look at it yeah. you probably couldn't do it better now or you couldn't do it the same but make it, make look it better okay. but all like the core game design of dead space is basically all but perfect and i think in some ways that's why the sequels didn't necessarily have um, much space to go because it's rare like when you think of like a new franchise you always think of the first game as being a bit scrappy like assassin's creed the original one is a bit scrappy or um, Mass Effect, the first one, is a bit, so it's a lot scrappy. Um, but Dead Space, like, kind of was birthed completely fully formed. Like, it came out, like, and everything is polished. So when it comes to a sequel, it's not obvious where you can go with it, because it's not, oh, we'll just improve this, we'll improve that. It's all so well made. And that's why I think, unlike, unlike Resident Evil, because uh, it didn't have much way it could transform, um, and I think that's why Dead Space is so uh, still is so good is that there's not many games in that genre. No. When you think about like third person horror, um, action or even action horror, survival horror, like I'm thinking of stuff from that time. And all I can think of is the Resident Evil games. And even mm. then, like Resident Evil Five and Six weren't really; they were more silly action games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Evil Within, the first one and the second one, are probably the closest. Mm. Uh, what Alan Wake, maybe? And I don't really like Alan Wake much. Hasn't that had a remaster? Oh God, I hope not. It's uh, I played it relatively recently. I had a weird. It's when I played Control. So I played Control, and I went back and played other Remedy games. I thought I remember Alan Wake, and I played, it and I was like, oh, yeah. Because in the same way that Dead Space, like, time has been incredibly kind to Dead Space, time has not been kind to Alan Wake. Mm, I imagine it wouldn't be. I was never the biggest fan of that game originally. Uh, I don't imagine it. It's so clunky well. and badly written. And So uh, so here's, here's a little fact for you, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. Uh, the game's trailers featured lullabies because kids are scary as hell. Well, I mean, you've got your, you've got your, um, your zombie space babies, don't you, in the first game. You've got the um, lurkers, the ones with the little tentacles that uh, shoot poison darts at you. Uh, in the second game, there's the actual nursery, isn't there? So, so I, I fully agree with, the, with that statement that kids are scary as hell. And there are aspects in Dead Space and in Dead Space 2 where I'm like... I, I don't need th- I don't need this. This is not this is not this is not good. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's kinda of cheap horror because like obviously scary kids, like obviously we've got we've it's been done. We've got things like um the grudge, which would be uh, you know, spooky kids or even yeah. like the ring, I suppose, and stuff like that. Although fear ripped off a ring, really, yeah. quite uh, quite hard. Uh, but Dead Space two in particular, you've got you you've got your exploding babies in the nursery uh, section. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very cheap horror, and you've got the uh, the kids as well for the school kids mm-hmm. uh, that form the pack, which is pretty grisly. And I'm not, sh- I feel like like that kind of stuff maybe wouldn't fly these days. But which, uh, is, which is the one that has the bit in the church with all the kids? 
Is it the first or the second one? Where you, you go in and it's all like got the plinths and stuff and then they just seem to come from everywhere. Oh, that's the second one. Um, that's a Church of Unitology. Great oh. section. Awesome section. Oh. Um, I feel like we've probably covered Dead Space and we seem to have moved on to Dead Space too. So we'll... Um, I think we'll jump into it. I don't know whether we need to uh, take a break yet or... Uh, no, I realise that that wasn't a thing. Because uh, it's, right. it's just me it's just me and you. Uh, it's only It's only over... The, the two person limit so I see uh, um, but yeah we'll cover this series I probably won't cover the the sequels in quite so much detail as I mean, like I said could, I feel like we could we could almost not talk about Dead Space 3 you know I feel like we have to we but do I, I, say, I, I feel like the same things that Dead Space 1 did very well Dead Space 2 also does very well yes. because like I said it came out so fully formed that when Dead Space 2 was became a thing there was only one way we could go which was bigger um, it's often like obviously the, the the three Dead Space games are often compared to the Alien films. Obviously, the first one is more kind of a more um, smaller, smaller scale, more um, yep, more sort of scary, more based on uh, you know. And the second one is more action focused and more based on you know big ballsy set pieces. And the third one's a bit of a piece of shit. So actually, that's not fair. I quite like Alien Three. Uh, I've, I think I'm the world's biggest Alien 3 defender. Which version? The good version, the assembly cut. But I even like the original version. And I'm, people assume I'm just being uh, contrary, but I do quite like Alien 3. I think it's got some good points to it. Um, I've, I've got I've got time for Alien 3. I've got time. I've, I've got less time for Dead Space 3, I think. Uh, but Dead Space 2... Dead Space 2 is an absolute stone-cold banger. In... I think, having played both, I'm not quite all the way through the second Dead Space yet, but I'm most of the way through. Uh, I've just got back to, uh, this is sort of spoilerish, but it's such a cool section that I have to mention it. It's the bit where you go back to the Ishimura uh, mm. briefly. And it's an absolutely amazing part of Dead Space 2. Mm. Um, but everything that Dead Space 1 does, Dead Space 2 arguably does better. It's got way more monster variety. Um it looks way better. It mm-hmm. sounds way better. There's way more environmental um, variety. And in general, it just controls way better. Um, the guns are far more balanced. So we talk about the flamethrower being a giant piece of shit. In um, Dead Space 1, the pulse rifle being kind of underwhelming. Both great guns in Dead Space 2. You basically can't go wrong. Um, the main thing that Dead Space 2 um, is different for is that it starts out big and gets bigger. That bit in Dead Space 1 where you kind of like, you're attacked by one monster, you're attacked by two monsters, attacked by three monsters, you're armed with your glorified staple gun. Doesn't happen in Dead Space 2. Literally by the end of like the second chapter, you're being, you're being hit by like four or five enemies at once. And I don't think it quite has the pacing of the first game. I don't think it quite has that tension. I don't think it quite feels... I don't love it as much as I love the first game. Even if it's... Even if my head says, in most ways, it is better. Mm, I think I think what Dead Space Two th- there is there is a distinct feeling difference. So when you play in Dead Space One, there is a feeling almost of you can kind of take it at your own pace. You know, let's look, let's have a look it's over much here. It's a slower game. Let's have a look over here. But ultimately, we're going this way. So it's very much like let's look to the left, let's look to the right, you know. But ultimately, we're going forwards. Dead Space Two 
starts at 100 miles an hour and doesn't let the doesn't let no it doesn't it, no, it never is, comes it never lets the pedal off the gas one of the things that always struck me about dead space 2 was where to stop playing because it you, doesn't have chapter ends like the first one no and you always feel like you're up here Whereas with Dead Space 1, you could have like a massive section where you've killed a load of enemies and you've done a thing, you've done a puzzle, you've fixed something, you've done this, that, that. And then maybe you think, to be fair, I could save it there, come back later. Perfectly acceptable. Dead Space 2 doesn't have that. Dead Space 2 goes, go. And if you stop, you feel like you're... Not, not so much cheating on it, but you feel like you're like walking away when it's, when it's like good. And it's like, well, you know, so you you end up in that kind of, oh, I'll just do another bit, and I'll just do another bit, and, I'll, uh, and eventually, yeah, you're like, you're two hours further down the line than you intended to be, and, you know, the birds are tweeting outside sort of situation. I, I agree. With, I think it does have slower moments. I mentioned the school bit um, before, and that's a clear sort of slower bit that's trying to... Um, bring, I think I think, a, I think creepy school is really cheap horror. Um, and that's why I don't really like that section. But the Church of Unitology is amazing. That whole section, this looks so good and sounds so good. Speaking of the Church of Unitology, this was the uh, this was the thing that we alluded to earlier. Um, I don't know whether we have to self-edit this for um, for keeping in inside the golden rules. Um, I'm not sure Scientology counts <laughs> in truth. I, I think we could probably get away with laying the boot in there, to be honest. Uh, Dead Space 2 is a slam at Scientology. Um, uh, it, it goes on to say that um, although this might seem obvious at first, Dead Space 2 is largely a slam at religion. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's very much a... I don't think it is a slam at religion. I think it's a slam at cults. Um, which I think is a very different thing. Like, because, like I say, Unitology is very clearly a cult in the same way that Scientology uh, totally is. Like yeah, guys. They, but, they, uh, they are all crazy. Uh, but that whole section is such a good-looking section. It's also got one of my, probably my favourite new addition to Dead Space 2, which is the, um, I don't know how to describe them. They've probably got an actual name, but the um, the, the Velociraptor enemies, the one that hide behind crates yeah. and pack onto you, amazing enemies and and they first appear in the church of unitology and they're just fantastic they're really hard to fight against because i played the second game on hard as well and it's notably more difficult than the first game i i I struggled on quite a few sections and um in dead space 2 but those enemies are always they make the worst noise as well some of the noises are just a little bit, you know, it's just random black noises. But those things make weird hooting noises, and they're just awful when you hear them. Because you'll see a bunch of crates. It'll be like in a warehouse, or you know, or in the you know, in the unitology one, like the all the um, the plinths and everything. And then you hear the hooting, and it's just like, oh no! You've got that circular room, that circular one that's got like pillars all the way around it, and they and they they're in that bit. And you just end up running round and round in a circle or hiding with your back against the wall. Because obviously if you've got your back against the wall, they can't get you. And then you only have three sides to deal with. And well, Again, the AI is great because you'll see one poke his head out just to distract you. Yeah. He'll poke his head out. Um, you'll shoot him. 
probably in the head and he probably won't be too bothered by it and then his mate will you know get you from behind so well done those sections of the game I think in general because like the combat is so much more slick and fluid than the first game it's great honestly the combat was great in the first game but it's really really perfect here so much better in fact that it's like that's why I always like maybe Dead Space 2 is better maybe it's just my nostalgia talking but I do think the first game has got a certain feel to it that does make it more my favourite yeah and I think, but Dead Space Two is still a banger. I think any any game that's like an introduction is is often it's got that going for it. Obviously, Dead Space One was we we were introduced to Isaac, and and the notable difference in Dead Space Two is that Isaac talks. Yeah, he's an actual protagonist. Yeah. It's much more story focused than he the first one. All the way through the game, uh, through the entire like first section of the game, you're running around without a suit. So you know his his face is exposed. Oh, that, and... actually, it's one of the best sections. I forgot about the bit in the straitjacket yeah. at the start of the game when you're you're because be, basically you come back from the Ishimura um, and you're thrown straight into the loony bin yeah. because uh, you crazy dog. And, yeah, the the first bit where you know the outbreak happens on the sprawl and you're still in a straitjacket. Fucking great that whole section. Mm-hmm. Really, really well done. And something I was going to say when we were talking about the first one and about the 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 addition of the plasma cutter, how they get it into the second one. It's just a torch with a. Um, it's like a medical. It's a um, medical tool. It is hanging from a machine that is used for like operations, and he basically goes in and is like, "Is that a plasma cutter?" Because because uh, I, I, I've used one of them before, and just basically yanks it out of the machine, and then he he's yanks like, it and basically tapes it to his torch, yeah. and that's why you've, yeah, he's like, right, again, right. I, I love him. In some ways, I feel like Isaac does actually more engineering in the second game than he does in the first game because there's all sorts of panels and stuff you have to kind of hotwire. Um, but I say he's more of a character. I'm not sure he has much of a character in truth beyond man who has had quite enough of this. Um, because that's another thing is that you can't do the same trick twice. Um, Isaac has been through. By the end of the first game, he is a master in dismemberment. He has fought a lot of spooky monsters. So you can't suddenly have him fighting one or two monsters at the start of the game and mean, ooh, I'm scared of the spooky monsters. Because why would he be? So I I understand why you had to knock it up to 11. The action is better, but as you say, it can feel exhausting to play at times. Yeah, it's 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 very much a feeling. Uh, whereas the first one was, there was a lot of um, tension and suspense. The second one is very much the difference between Alien and Aliens. It's the it's the action movie from a, from a thriller. It goes from thriller to action movie in in the difference between those two. I do. Feel, I feel like the people who like the franchise are basically split about fifty fifty in terms of who prefers the first one or the second one. And I feel like both have got absolute legitimate points. They're both right. Like all the people who prefer the second one, like, like yeah, sure, it's, it is a better game yeah. in terms of like the way it plays and everything. It's absolutely a more. I think. I think. I, I think I'm with you on this one. I think no matter how much I want to say that Dead Space Two is the better game. I will always come back to Dead Space. It will always be yeah. my favourite. And it's very clear in Dead Space 2 where the money went, because Dead Space 2 had a massive budget compared to the first one. I say the first one was made on a budget about $15 million with $15 million for advertising. So a very quite a lean budget for a AAA game. The second Dead Space is one of the most expensive games ever made. 
uh, 60 million for development and 60 million for uh, advertising. So overall, it cost four times as much as the first game. And what it didn't do was sell four times as many. Um, and I think this is the problem. It sold, I think, four million compared to the first one's two million. Um, this is kind of about a point to sell. It's probably sold a lot more since then, but you, you stop counting after a while when you're selling copies for people at like two quid or whatever. Yeah. So, and this is kind of the problem where we're, so we'll come on to Dead Space 3, is that Dead Space 2 was not considered a success. And I think the problem with it is, and we've got this problem with games now, more in some ways more so, in that publishers' expectations are wildly unrealistic. Yeah. Dead Space 2 is a horror game. Even if it's an action horror game, it's still a horror game, and it will always have a more limited audience. It's never going to do Call of Duty numbers. It's never going to do Assassin's Creed numbers, because not everyone likes horror games. Nope. So, 4 million for a horror game that isn't called Resident Evil is pretty great. And even if it is called Resident Evil, the ones that sold 4 million are pretty small. Yep. So... Dead Space 2 was considered a bit of a financial, or not a black hole, but you know, it was considered, it was modestly. It wasn't doing the numbers they clearly wanted it to. And it didn't become this massive franchise they clearly wanted it to. And, and Which is a shame. And unfortunately, the solution to that problem was to stick their R into the third one and just fuck it into oblivion. Dead Space Three is. I'm actually going to. I'm actually going to say Dead Space Three is a complete travesty. Um, it's not that bad, but it is a travesty at the same time. Like if I had to rate them, I'd consider the first two. Like both of them to me are five out of five games. Absolutely sterling, best in class games that are still ten years later, twelve years later, absolutely fantastic. Dead Space Three is a three at absolute best. It's fine, and it has some okay moments. But it's I, a clear, massive drop in quality compared to the first two. I, I gave them props early on for an attempt... My word, an attempt at trying new things. You know, let's not stand still. You've got the, the aspect of let's go, let's go to a planet... Um, the, the, the yeah, and Tau Volantis. Um, is clearly the one we talk about. You know how they were influenced by the thing. Tau is clearly channeling the thing quite hard. It's yeah. an ice planet. It's, it's got nice the whole planet. remote. Yeah, the whole remote um, remote outpost thing going on. And, and, and I think that could have worked. And, and they've got the element of well, we're adding a new dimension because we've got the cold to deal with. Um, you know, there are, there are points where that's a factor and things like that. Um, you have been out in space. It gets pretty cold in space. Yeah, it was kind of that. It was a bit like, okay, so you've got this suit and it has to be this type because, you know, we're in the cold now. It's like, well, it's colder, than space. It's, it's colder than space because I don't know if you've heard, space is a, a bit chilly. So it was things like that where they were telling you things that didn't make a lot of sense. Also, you've got the fact that they were like, right, you have to, you have to, but you now have the option to play it co-op. So like, co-op is the death knell for any kind of horror game. The, you cannot have a co-op horror game. Yeah, and it, and it was basically, and it, and it was basically. I'm sorry, what? Why have why have you chosen? Why have you made this choice? 
and this will still be in the in the realms of when when EA really started sticking their boots into games and being like, oh, well, we need it to be this, we need it to be this because that's a big seller. And you know what? EA have no clue about how to sell games, apparently. It's more that they seem to be surprised when anything is a success. Because we were talking before about uh, how Fall... I'm sure they expected Fall in order to do well. But I don't think they expected it to do quite as well as it did. Um, it's like, wait a minute, so people actually want, like, curated single-player experiences. It's like, yeah, they've always wanted this. You wanted to sell them shitty multiplayer games. They didn't actually want them. But Dead Space Three is just an it's a classic example of executive meddling all the way from the from the whole ground up. You say we've got the co-op focus. You can't have if you're trying to have like a paced co-op, you know, a paced sort of horror game. You can't have two people shit talking. And if you try and play a co-op game, you're just going to have people teabagging the corpse, teabagging the necromorph. It's going to turn to a farce extremely quickly because that's what happens in co-op games. There is. I mean, you um, could play it single player, which which I did. I've I've played it both ways, and it's weird in the sense that, like, um, obviously, the first like, kind of obvious example, uh, sort of comparison, is Resident Evil Five, because yeah. Resident Evil Five was clearly designed from the ground up to be a co-op game, and in my opinion, Resident Evil Five doesn't even work as a single player game. Like, it is not fun as a single player game. The AI is unbelievably bad. And I know. the I've encounters <laughs> and the encounters clearly are not designed for one person. It feels like but playing is a blasting co-op, but everything like everything that changed from Resident Evil Four to the Resident Evil Five, like the this simplify the inventory and everything. That makes sense in a co-op game where we've got to kind of transfer things quickly. Um but makes no sense for a single player game. Dead Space 3 is weird in that it can't seem to decide what it wants to be because there are bits like, like in the story, like if you're playing co-op, like your character, if you're playing player two, your character will just like disappear for ages. Yeah. Or if you're playing single player, you'll find like the co-op only room. So, you know, friends only for this point, loser. Yeah. So something, it just can't decide what it wants to be. Something that Dead Space Three had was the uh, was the weapon building, which oh, was... I mean, this is this is the real sh- fucking shit show of Dead Space Three is the weapons. It it was just I I remember having on my phone written down like in the notes section on on the phone I had at that time like various combinations to try and make some kind of functioning weapon that was going to be it's the whole thing good. was built from the ground up to facilitate microtransactions and it broke the whole game no ea making a game with microtransactions but, like, that doesn't it, sound right in dead space one and two you had to like different obviously different weapons use different ammunition some weapons were like the pulse rifle would burn through ammunition but was very effective, especially against hordes. We had to balance it out the fact that you would burn through that ammo. So if you like the Ripper was very, very ammo efficient. You could get through, you say, one, one Ripper blade to get through a bunch of enemies. Plasma Cutter was very efficient. Uh, the Line Gun was really powerful, but it only had very small stacks of ammo. So you had to kind of balance how you wanted to do your... Um, how you wanted to have your inventory. In Dead Space 3, everything uses the same ammo because they wanted to sell you microtransactions. They wanted to sell you all these bits... And we were talking about how it feels like you're using engineering weapons in um, in Dead Space. Like you've got your glorified staple gun, you've got your force gun for blowing apart, you know, for blowing away rubble. 
In Dead Space 3, my go-to weapon was a minigun with underslung rocket launcher. And I can't help but feel we've moved quite far from what Dead Space should be. And the worst part is, is that that might sound completely OTT, but it wasn't. That's what you need to survive in Dead Space 3. If you try to play it with your plasma cutter, slowly dismembering enemies, that would be a very sort of, you know, deliberate game, you will die. And you will die incredibly quickly. Because the game, it just swarms you with enemies. And it doesn't even seem to care whether you dismember them anymore. Just blow them away with a rocket launcher, a minigun. It's yeah. like, get a body shot. It doesn't, just doesn't seem to care. I, re- I remember there was a section in Dead Space 3, and it haunts me. And it was... It was the fact that I I had to stop playing it as a game because of the section because I couldn't I couldn't get past it, and then I came back to the game two weeks later, and managed to do it. But it was those those elements like you should never be in a situation where a game's like tough. You are not good enough to and if it's if it's you're not good enough to kill these enemies, that's one thing. Get better at killing enemies. But this wasn't anything to do with killing enemies. This was climbing up the side of a like a, an ice cliff oh yeah because of course had bullshit quick time events as well and and stuff was falling so so you got you got knocked off by stuff falling it's like well this is fun isn't it i mean the difficulty curve in that game is fucked as well because you start when you start out the game it basically gives you a plasma cutter and maybe a few very basic bits to make some extremely basic weapons but it swarms you as though you were armed with something better. So the first part of the game is really hard. And the set, and like once you've like got a bunch of stuff and like upgraded your ludicrous weapons, the game becomes a complete cakewalk, even on harder difficulties. So the difficulties, and also, well, just while I'm bitching, and this probably won't stop for a bit, um, cover shooting. Why did we have human enemies in a fucking dead space game? Why? When you think when you're playing Dead Space, think what I want to do. What I want to do is, is hide behind a wall, shooting human enemies. Clearly, EA saying, "Oh well, uh, Gears of War's popular, or whatever was fucking popular at the time." I don't know, and we should have this element, and that's how the whole thing goes. That like, we want it to be more action orientated. We want to have this. We want it to have that, and it just fucked the design completely. We want to have to co-op. We want to have military shooting. We want to have this be microtransactions, build the whole fucking game around them. Yeah, and that's and it. That they built the whole game around microtransactions. And, and, and do you know what? Do you know what that meant? That there was no more dead space. Oh, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not finished bitching. They also sold the ending to you separately, which is a absolutely disgraceful move. They're not the first to do it. Um, I can remember um, Capcom did it with uh, Sarah's Wrath. That pissed me the fuck off then as well. But selling you the ending is not cool. So I've got two facts left. One is very much for you. You will thoroughly enjoy this fact. Uh, Dead Space is heavily influenced by the Metroid series. I'm not sure I agree with that. I like Metroid, but I feel like Dead Space is a very linear game. Um... Um... Obvious similarities, apparently. Both in space, both have aliens, both capture the feeling of isolation like few other games. Uh, Both series have a focus on derelict spaceships or space stations. Both feature large, epic boss fights and usually require a combination of skills or weapons to beat. Maybe. I I disagree with that because Metroid is all about backtracking and kind of getting to know a space. 
Whereas Dead Space is a very linear, curated experience. I'm not sure I agree with that. I've got one fact. Both are awesome games, don't get me wrong. I've got one fact left, which I'm going to save for towards the end. And that one fact is the one fact that everybody knows about Dead Space. So I saved it to the end just to draw everyone. In. I feel like we're just. I feel like we're just laying into Dead Space Three. Um, yeah, and I think. I mean, I th- I feel very much like certain aspects of certain things about all three of the Dead Space games feels very much like low hanging fruit. You know, I'd lo- I'd love to know how many copies it sold. It sold. It was considered. It was considered a failure. It I doesn't don't know how... surprise me. I know it had its budget slash compared to Dead Space Two, and it it feels like a cheaper game. But it's not just that, like, and even then, like stuff. That I think I was saying this to you, uh, sort of offline. Is even stuff that was in Visceral's control was done badly. Like the story's bollocks, the characters are bollocks. Like the writing is like really bad. Um, like the. It's all, you're basically, it's like feels like teen drama at times. They've got uh, like this weird love triangle. It's like not what Dead Space is doing. It's like and, and, I'm not going to call it adult, but you know what I mean. It didn't really go in for you know people having you know stroppy love um, and arguments. That, and this is one of those things. You and I have both been able to pull out specific points in ten. 13-year-old games, specific points in time, st- scenes, moments in time that set those those games out for what they are. Can you honestly say that you remember specific moments from Dead Space 3 other than, like I said, that really fucking annoying bit climbing up the side of a cliff? I can remember incredibly stupid moments, and that's probably not good. I can remember, like, for example, when your co-op partner, whose name escapes me, um, gives the big bad guy the thing that will destroy the universe so that you'll get your girlfriend back. It's like, clearly stupid, because everyone will die if you give him this. And he looks like Elton John. I remember that. Um, you, you clearly remember more about it than I do. That's about it. I can remember, fe- I can remember just that feeling of just... I don't want to call it betrayal, but it's just that sadness. He was robbed. I he think. was robbed. Fact, I think the, the problem with Dead Space 3 is like the, the spaceship graveyard oh. at the start of the game. If that had been the whole setting, that could have been Ace, because that's a really atmospheric part. Typically, and then it goes down to the planet, just goes to shit, in my opinion. Typically, I've still got the price on 1 and 2. No, there's no, there's no price on the third one. Uh, can only mean it was probably far too expensive for what it was. Uh, shamefully, I've, I've owned Dead Space 3 twice. Because um, I bought it um, on the Xbox 360 when it came out. And then later on, someone was like, do you want to play Dead Space 3 co-op? And I was like, I want to play a co-op game with you because that'll be fun. Um, and Dead Space 3 is on sale for like two quid, so I guess. And you know what? I had fun with Dead Space 3 and co-op. And Dead Space 3 had almost nothing to do with it. It's like most co-op games. Oh. We enjoyed it because we could shit, we could just shit on it. Oh, yeah, I guess this. And it's funny when you turn on friendly fire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, you see the options menu. You can turn oh, on friendly fire, and you absolutely should. Um, I think we shall shit on that again offline. Is there a Resident Evil Six as well? You should absolutely turn friendly fire on that if you play a co-op, because obviously you've got a dedicated melee system. So you can just like roundhouse people off balconies and stuff. Obviously, you know your your friend. 
But uh, yeah, Dead Space Three, it's not good. And it's, I'm, I thought, you know, oh, you know, some nice things I can say about it, but there really isn't. Like other than the things we've shit on, it does function. And it is fine. You know what I mean? You'll play it through, and it's mostly it's mostly okay. Like it's it's not broken. Like the game is is clearly okay designed. You know, it looks pretty nice in places. It looks not so nice in other places. But it's fine. It's forgettable. But compared to what came before, it's it's really really not good. And it killed the franchise, of course, yeah. and basically killed the studio because yeah. Visceral are no longer around. Because uh, after the, I have a feeling they were. Um, did they do like Battlefield DLC or something at that point? They were basically sent like uh, the, the year equivalent of the Call of Duty mines. I want to say Visceral Games. I see what they, they did sent, after. They were sent to uh, the game version of Siberia. Yeah, pretty much. Because you know what Visceral Games were doing uh, before they were shut down? A single-player Star Wars game. Really? They were, uh, yeah, yeah. They were doing um, yeah, Project Ragtag, a named Star Wars title. Yeah, they did Dead Space 3, Battlefield 3 Endgame, Army of Two, The Devil's Cartel. Jesus. Battlefield Hardline. These are absolute shit shows of games. Oof. Wasn't Battlefield Hardline really bad? Yeah. Was that the police one? Yeah, it was. Like, can you like imagine, Andy, the same people who did Battlefield Hardline did the original Dead Space. It's mad. They must have lost so many star- like really talented people for that kind of level of degradation of a studio maybe killing them was a mercy i was just looking at the uh the i've had a massive purge i'm I'm going through this huge purge of like anything that's not nailed down is leaving um and i'm pretty sure there was a copy of of hardline that went out the door at rapid speeds uh that's why that's why i'm actually holding these these guys because uh because if i don't hold on to them they will make their way out of the house and yes uh just to keep the set i have kept hold of the third one i have no intentions of doing anything with it other than keeping the set together um however very much like what is always the case off the back of talking about these games i'm like probably going to play dead space uh, uh in in the near future uh, even though so i've, played I've just recently. played i'm most of the way through two at the moment as am i uh, and i thoroughly enjoyed both of them yep i i play i played one i, I will not be playing dead space three again no. i played it through according to according to origin i played it through in 2017 and i feel like that's that was recent enough. So, soon enough um so would you like the last fact. Yeah, finish that finishes out on a, on our last fact. You already know what the last fact is because everybody knows the one fact about Dead Space. And it's about the first one. Um so this was gonna be a spoiler, but I've realized that I can just not spoil it. So here we go. The the final fact about Dead Space. The original Dead Space's ending was hidden in plain sight. And what that means is, uh, if you take, uh, because each of the levels, uh, uh, each of the levels is a chapter, and each chapter has a name, and if you take the first letter 
of all of the chapters in the first dead space, it spells something. And that something is the end of Something the... spoilery. Something spoilery, which I've realised I don't need to tell you. Which means no. I won't and, spoil and it. In, in truth, if you've not played it and you want to, it probably won't come as much as a spoiler when you get to the end, to be honest. You'll probably have worked it out by then. But I still probably wouldn't go and look at it. But it's still a really neat little thing. I remember that being there sort of told us at the time. It's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was informed of it uh, early on and was like, that's really cool. That's a really cool little thing. So, at this point in time, I, I it's kind of, uh, I suppose it's kind of like, whereas some of the other podcasts that are, that are on the on the network, it would be the any other business section of uh, of the, what is going to be the Dead Space podcast. Have you got any other business? Anything burning like you need to I... get out? I feel like I've I've sufficiently shat on Dead Space Three. I feel like my business was, is well and truly done. I was going to say, have you exercised your demons <laughs> at this point in time? Yeah, my I've done my business all all over Dead Space Three, so we're uh, um, done here. Like like I said, I, when I was saying about the about the suit and stuff, there was there was stuff that I knew I wanted to talk about. There was stuff I knew I wanted to get out there into the world. Uh, the absolute beauty and and the masterpiece that is Dead Space, and I think we can agree Dead Space Two, and I think we can agree how all of that is very much. It, it's a betrayal. It's a letdown uh, by by the third one, but ultimately by uh, a, a company that is but well yeah, known for um, ruining. I, I'm feeling like there's no reason why we couldn't do um, franchise franchise kind of retrospectives if we want to um, for games. I mean, if we were talking about something like um, Red Faction, there's no reason why we couldn't go through the all the Red Faction games, which I played most of, I think, at some point. So we may do another fact. We may do a whole um, another sort of franchise retrospective. We may look into something newer. Uh, maybe we'll release a new game. Who knows? Um, the uh, the final question. To you, to me, that was set out loosely at the beginning of this podcast, and which is going to be a subject matter for what I what I hope all of these podcasts going forward. Would you add one of? I'm guessing not three. One of the Dead Space games to your top ten, set in stone, carved in marble list top 10 games is dead space one or maybe two on there yeah absolutely the first dead space i think would be in a top 10 game the fact that i'm still talking about it 12 years later um and when i play a game i can generally tell whilst i'm playing it whether or not this is going to this is going to make the list because you just know at the time when you're playing what I would consider to be, in 2008, a modern classic. Because even if reviews weren't um, all that um, sort of stellar, I can remember all my friends who were playing it at the time, we all fucking loved Dead Space and thought yeah. it was incredible. Yeah, and it, and it, is. Um, it is. Uh In general, when it comes to, you know, top 10, top 25, however you want to do your top games, I try not to have more than one entry from a franchise in there anyway. Um, unless the games are sufficiently different, uh, and Dead Space One and Two are not sufficiently different, so in the same way, you're allowed one Halo game, you'd be allowed one Dead Space game, you'd be allowed one Call of Duty game if you must. Um, but like a game that is sufficiently different, like you could have like Mario sixty four and Super Mario World because they play completely differently. So that, those those are my those are my rules. But uh, we'll uh, we'll decide where we want to go, or whether we want to what we might want to cover next. 
going to talk about your favourite subject, we'll do open world games, because I know how much you love a good open I played some open world games. <laughs> I played one very recently. We could do a podcast on that one if you like. That would be a, a short one. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. That is uh, that is the the first. I mean, it's not the first time we've we've talked games. Uh, we usually uh, we usually go to Sam for a roundup of the year, uh, and and uh, again that 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 still might emerge at some point in time. Uh, but yeah, that... the, the, the thing is, we 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 reshit on the year because uh, which unfairly because twenty twenty was obviously such a classic. Um, but there were some games released. There were um, games I think it was released. kind of slim, slim pickings. There were slim um, pickings. Uh, what I can say is, weirdly, because this is something I thought about today, and uh, you know, you know, we're trying to wrap this up, but just a, a, aside, I'm like, oh, 2020 was a garbage year. All the games that I've been playing this year were all released in 2020. All of them. So I'm a bit like, well, actually, there was stuff released, and that stuff that was released. I am playing at this point in time. Some of it not not amazing, but you know, a, a, a standout game from twenty twenty would be something like uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, so there was stuff. So it's not like it's not like we've got nothing to talk about. No, um, it might be a. I suspect it would be less my top five games of twenty twenty and more five games I played in twenty twenty mm. because there's no uh, there just isn't all that much to uh, even yeah. the indie space was fairly dead. It's just not. It's just but, not uh, the year for it, unfortunately. No, twenty twenty one's the one. We're all getting vaccinated. It's fine. Maybe. And on that note. Uh, I will say thank you very much to you, sir, for uh, for joining me, uh, talking about an absolute, just an absolute corker of a, of a couple of games. Uh, so thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, tune in, uh, tune in next time for more uh, more interesting games, probably from the past. Thank you very much. So there you go. What do you think of that? Boy, do we love Dead Space. If you want to see more podcasts like this, more video like this, then uh, then let us know. Drop us a line. Drop us a communication. Uh, you can do that by first, obviously, subscribing, and then uh, dropping a comment. Whether it's YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, any of the places that you can get podcasts these days, Drop a little subscribe and then drop a comment. So there we go. That's it for this special episode of Cookie Cast. Till next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Uh, bye bye.